Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Let's find our place in Job. We're in Job 33. And let's begin. Father, thank you for guiding us, getting us up this morning, get us going. Pray that these these chapters will help us in our understanding of your whole plan for the world and the way you interact with humans and the way we interact with you and how we can walk with our God, holy, upright, and uh, ready to be changed make changes in the areas that you want to make changes in our lives. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. 33. Elihu claims to speak for God. However, now, Job, please hear my speech and listen to my words. And behold, now I open my mouth. My tongue in my mouth speaks. My words are from the uprightness of my heart, and my lips speak knowledge Sincerely, the Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Refute, refute me if you can. Array yourself before me. Take your stand. Behold, I belong to God like you. I too have been formed out of the clay. Behold, no fear of me should terrify you, nor should my pressure weigh heavily on you. Surely you have spoken in my hearing, and I have heard the sound of your words. I am pure, without transgression. I am innocent, and there is no guilt in me. Behold, he invents pretexts against me. He counts me as his enemy. He puts my feet in stocks. He watches all my paths. Behold, let me tell you, You are not right in this, for God is greater than man. Why do you complain against him that that he does not give an account of all his doing? Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. In a dream, a vision in the night, when sound sleep falls on man, when they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over into Sheol. Man is also chastened with pain on his bed and with unceasing complaint in his bones so that his life loathes bread and his soul's favorite food. His flesh wastes away from sight And his bones, which are not seen, stick out. Then his soul draws near near to the pit, and his life to those who bring death. There is an angel as mediator for him, one out of a thousand to remind a man what is right for him. Then let him be gracious to him and say, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Let his flesh become fresher than in youth. Let him return to the days of his youthful vigor. Then he will pray to God, 
and he will accept him, that he may see his face with joy, and he may restore his righteousness to man. He will sing to men and say, I have sinned and perverted what is right. It is not proper for me. He has redeemed my soul from going to the pit. And my life shall see the light. Behold, God does all these oftentimes with men to bring back his soul from the pit that he may be enlightened with the light of life. Pay attention, O Job. Listen to me. Keep silent and let me speak. Then if you have anything to say, answer me. Speak for your desire to justify, for I desire to justify you. If not, listen to me. Keep silent and I will teach you wisdom. Chapter 34. Elihu vindicates God's judgment. Verse 1. Then Elihu continued and said, Hear my words, you wise men, and listen to me, you who know, for the ear tests words, and the, as the palate tastes food. Let us choose for ourselves what is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my right. Should I lie concerning my right? My wounds are incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinks up derision like water, who goes in company with the workers of iniquity, who walks with wicked men? For he has said, It profits a man nothing when he pleases, when he is pleased with God. Therefore, listen to me. You men of understanding, far be it from God to do wickedness and from the Almighty to do wrong. For he pays a man according to his work, and he makes him find it according to his way. Surely God will not act wickedly, and the Almighty will not pervert justice. Who gave him authority over the earth? And who has laid on him the whole world? If he should determine to do so, he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath. All flesh would perish together. A man would return to the dust. But if you have understanding, hear this. Listen to the sound of my words. Shall one who hates justice rule? And will you condemn the righteous mighty one? Who says to a king, worthless one. To nobles, wicked ones. Who shows no partiality to princes, no regard, nor regards the rich above the poor, for they all are the work of his hands. In a moment they die, and at midnight people are shaken and pass away, and the mighty are taken away without a hand. For his eyes are upon the ways of a man, and he sees all of his steps. There is no darkness or deep shadow where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. For he does not need to consider a man further, that he should go before God in judgment. He breaks in pieces mighty men without um, inquiry and seats others in their place. Therefore he knows their works and he overthrows them in the night. And they are crushed and he strikes them with the wicked. In, pu in a public place, because they are turned aside from following him. And he had no regard for any of his ways, so that they caused 
the cry of the poor to come to him, that he might hear the cry of the afflicted. When he keeps quiet, who then can condemn? And when he hides his face, who then can behold him? That is, in regard to both nation and man. So the godless man would not rule nor be snares of the people. For has anyone said to God, I have borne chastisement? I will not offend any more. Check, check. I'm on 36. Ask anybody else if they can, if it's really hard to hear. Okay, I got a little bit more game. Sorry, guys, if it's really that weak. That's strange. I'm on my normal settings. Um, maybe the new board will help. So we're going to keep, we're going to keep going. I had a little bit more and I'll speak a little bit louder. But thank you for letting me know, George. Hmm? Okay. Well, no, it's right at mouth level. That's right where I need it. Verse 32. Teach me to do what you do not see. If I've done iniquity, I will do it again. Shall he recompense on your terms? Because you have rejected it. For you must choose, and not I. Therefore declare what you know. Men of understanding will say to me, and a wise man who hears me, Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. Job ought to be tried to the limit because he answers like a wicked man. For he adds rebellion to his sin and he claps his hands among us. He multiplies words without, against God. Chapter 35. Elihu sharply reproves Job. Then Elihu continued and said, do you think this is according to justice? Do you say my righteousness is more than God's? For you say, what advantage will it be to you? What profit will I have more than if I had sinned? I will answer you and your friends with you. Look at the heavens and the sea, and, see, and behold the clouds. They are higher than you. If you have sinned, what do you accomplish against him? And if your transgressions are many, what do you do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what, do, or what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness is for a man like yourself, and your righteousness is for a son of man. Because of the multitude of oppressions, they cry out. They cry for help because of the arm of the Almighty, or of the mighty. But no one says, where is God, my maker, who gives songs in the night, who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth and makes us wiser than the birds of the heaven? There they cry out, but he does not answer because of pride, the pride of the evil men. Surely God will not listen to an empty cry, nor will the Almighty regard it. How much less when you say, do not behold him, the case is before him, and you must wait for him. And now, because he has not visited in his angel anger, nor has he acknowledged transgression, transgression well, 
So Job opens his mouth emptily, and he multiplies words without knowledge. Elihu, now he's speaking finally, not talking about talking, but he's talking, and he's, he, like the other guys, is always saying, you are guilty, you accuse God of being not caring about um, whether you're good or bad, and obviously they defend the character of God. Of course, God cares about that. God is a righteous God. God is a good God, and God would never approve of unrighteousness or wickedness. So, so he does the right thing in, in trying to defend the character of God. But if you notice, he never has a direct accusation. No one can ever say to Job, you are in sin because you have done this and this. He, one of the one of his friends said it's because you know you steal from the orphan and you rob the widow or whatever it was. But no, no examples, no, no single ish incident that they could point to. They just generalize. They assume. They they don't have any evidence against Job on anything. And this is why his three friends, after trying and trying, finally shut up. But not Elihu, he's young, and he's, he's zealous for God. And this is what we talked about last night, being zealous for God without knowledge. He's zealous for God, trying to defend God, but he has no knowledge of, of the real character and heart of God, that God was doing this as a way to demonstrate that there are faithful men on the earth who will trust him in all circumstances. And he's doing this as a way of combating, of fighting against evil and Satan, to show Satan that he does have his own on the earth that will not bow down to to and be duped or or go over to evil just because um, of difficult times job's going to be tempted in that area but he's not going to fall into that area and god w- is going to vindicate him so here we are in the middle of this kind of ugly sad thing where poor job has really really been struggling and, and people are bringing accusations, but they can't prove anything. And this is the case so many times with Christians. And people are always trying to pull you down in your faith and find they'll look for anything to try and destroy you. Or anything that goes wrong in your life, anything that happens in your life, they will want to quickly contribute to your sin. It's, yeah, you have to be in sin against God. You have to be in it. Something happened in your life, therefore this is happening to you. Young Christians uh, suffer this a lot. They'll say, well, you know, um, I gave my life to the Lord, you know, and the um, Lord must be punishing me. I must be being punished because I lost my job or, or I have, you know, I wrecked my car and these different things come up. And people in their, in their I guess, naive state think that... Uh, Anything that's negative comes upon them in their life, it must be God punishing them. And we've talked to numerous people and say, no, maybe it's just the fact you live in a fallen world. Are you walking with the Lord? Is there any sin in your life? Well, no, but you know my past. And you go, no, the past is forgiven. Maybe there's some consequences that might come from your past, but if it's something not directly connected, no. Don't let people tell you that. Don't let people tell you that you are suffering because of some secret sin in your life when there isn't one well we're going to move on I thought so I sure thought there was radio today um 
that's weird. I should have mic up here. Uh, I'm online. It says I'm connected. So unless Mike, Micah did something yesterday, it should be working. Everybody else, Okay. Okay. January 13, never cast out him that cometh to me. I will in no wise cast out. I kind of read the title with the verse. Sorry. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. John 6, 37. Is there an instance in our Lord's casting out a coming one? Out a coming one? If there be so, we would like to know of it. But there has been none, and there never will be. Among the lost souls in hell, there is not one that can say, I went to Jesus and he refused me. It is not possible that you or I should be the first to whom Jesus shall speak his word. Let us not attain so dark a suspicion. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Let us not entertain so dark a suspicion. Suppose we go to Jesus now about the evils of today. Oh, this, we may be sure. He will not refuse us audience or cast us out. Those of us who have often been and those who have never gone before, let us go together and we will see that he will not shut the door of his grace in the face of any one of us. This man receiveth sinners, a quote in the Bible, but he repulses none. We come to him in weakness and sin with trembling faith and small knowledge and slender hope, but he does not cast us out. We come by prayer and that prayer broken with confession and that confession faulty with praise, and that praise far short of his merits, but yet he receives us. We come diseased, polluted, worn out, worthless, but he doth in no wise cast us out. Let us come again today to him who never casts us out. That's beautiful, and that is true, and God will not cast anybody out that comes to him. Yeah, until too late and you're already in hell. That's why he said there's, there'll be no one in hell that said, I went to Jesus and he didn't receive me. That will not happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very sad state that people are offered so many opportunities and yet don't want it until it's too late. And our outreach, there was a little boy that I talked to afterwards. There were about six little boys that came and we shared the gospel with them. And um, He says, I, well, I thought there were three roads. I said, really? What three roads? Heaven, purgatory, and hell. I said, no, there's only two. And we shared the scriptures why purgatory doesn't exist. And it's so sad because you know he heard that from catechism. And so basically, I think that's what he's talking about here. And so it's like we have to take that comb and untangle all the confusion that uh, it's very sad. You know, people have been taught, mistaught for so many years instead of reading 
um, the word or not taught the word. You know, like you were teaching last night about Saul making those rash um, vows, oaths, without really having the knowledge. Uh, and it makes me think of Amos, without knowledge. For without knowledge, my people perish. And so we need to, well, the day is, well, it is a day we need to be sharing the gospel with people and sharing the word, mm -hmm. encouraging them to come to church, reaching out and um, reminding them that there's a place where they can find those answers. Because, you, you know, today is the day of salvation. Mm -hmm. But how beautiful this talks about that the Lord will receive sinners in our weakness and our sin, but trembling with faith and small knowledge and slender hope but he does not cast us out. That mustard seed of faith will, is enough for us to have our sins washed away.